Hello and welcome back to Garden State of Mind, South Jersey's most melancholy podcast. I am one of your hosts, John. With me here I have Jeff. Jeff, welcome to episode 52. 52? Like the Super Bowl champions. That's right. This should be a monumental episode for us, man. <laughs> Aren't they all? This is, uh, this, and from what I hear, this is Sean Rodriguez's uh, favorite podcast <laughs> to listen to in the Philadelphia area. Is he feeling titled to actually hear such a great podcast? <laughs> um, well, we're entitled. We're, we're entitled um, as podcast hosts, I guess he would say. Everyone else is entitled besides him. Uh, before we jump into any of this uh, witty sports banter, um, anyone who's new to the program or you've been listening, please subscribe. Just hit, hit subscribe on whatever outlet you have for listening to um, our show. That's all we ask of you. If you feel like leaving us a rating, that would be kind, uh, but not necessary if you don't want to because uh, I hate leaving ratings for anything. So. Um, all I do but is you, listen, all I do is listen to podcasts. I've never left a rating. All <laughs> I do is subscribe. I found that we had a, a listener. My my cousin's listening, and I was shocked when she told me. Yeah, that no shocked me when you told me as well. I feel like we're 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 starting a tiny cult following, a little bit. I'm noticing it. There are when, ripples. Hey, you know, even Charles Manson had to start somewhere. Oh, please, let's not compare ourselves to Chucky Manson. Why not? Um, what are you going to – so who are you going to be? You're going to be like uh, – what's his name? The, the Spawn? You're going to be the guy that owns the ranch that slept no, I, with uh, Squeaky From? No, I was thinking I would be Tex. Oh, you're going to be Tex? So what do I have to be – so I have to be Manson? Well, yeah. I think Helter logic. Skelter. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I lost my train of thought. I was not expecting us to go down a Charles Manson, <laughs> Charles Manson topic. We already did this a couple weeks ago. We talked about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, um, I'm sorry. I was just yeah, that, was so, I was so so shocked. Hi, Daniel. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, oh, hi, Daniel. Oh, are we saying hello to everyone individually? Hey, if are I find start that, doing shout outs, if I find out you're subscribing, yeah, you're you're gonna get a hello from me. And then, All right, uh, welcome Danielle, welcome Pat, welcome Pat. I have two Pats that are listening. Um, one of the Pats is very upset that we are not talking about Sopranos. Oh uh, shit! Right now, yeah, he's really pissed off about Bachelorette. Um, so I don't know. Hopefully, we didn't lose him. Hopefully, he's listening. Uh, no harm meant there. We just I, uh, we we went a different creative direction. Is all I could say. Listen, I, I, yeah, I totally understand. I'm more than happy to watch The Sopranos and talk about it tomorrow. Uh, but you know, <laughs> but listen, Tarantino, like, like surprised, you know, like uh, inspired us. Scorsese. I ended up watching every Scorsese movie, but Hugo. I ha I'm not not watching Hugo. I just ran out of time. So yeah. I'm on, I'm I'm one away, and I've seen all those movies, and I'm. Uh, I'm very happy that I did this. Okay, well, it was a good journey for you. But yeah, we can. But you know, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm. Once we settle down, once you know, once our 
fantasy draft is over and we get settled into the new season, the NFL, then I think we can easily jump back into Sopranos. Sorry, Pat. We'll get there. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, Pat. Uh, the other Pat uh, doesn't care. He listens to – he just likes everything that we talk about. So um, he, he's good to go. But Pat number two uh, is upset with us. So apologies. I was even thinking – and this is really just behind-the-scenes stuff. We don't need to bore everyone with it. But uh, maybe we could do two a week during football season, maybe one non-football-related, one football-related, just to kind of balance things out. But we'll see. Fucking busy time, so – I don't know. Yeah, if, we, can do that. we I think we can. We seem to be more in tune during the football season just because it's so regimented. Well, you know, you're going to want our our football picks, you know, by uh, yeah, Saturday we were morning. both above 500 last year. Right. So I can I, I definitely see that continuing. And uh, yeah, like a Monday and a Saturday pod, I think is the best way. I like it. I like it a lot. So I think maybe that'll be the plan. Um, and, and maybe that's when we can pick back up with Sopranos also, because I have a feeling we're not going to get there until at least after the season starts. So, right. I mean, um, listen, we got to finish up Scorsese. We do. Uh, we listen, do. Th- 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 we, what have we, what's our song movies uh, about crime? I mean, uh, yeah. yes. <laughs> movies, football, just kids. football, kids and movies about crime. Yeah. It's a garden state of mind. It is. It's been a while since I actually listened and dissected our theme song and just pulled it apart and just really thought about the meaning behind it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I, I just dropped Chloe off of college and I, I do believe that there is a Garden State of Mind 101. It's about course, as deep as a, as a Danny Tanner speech from uh, Full House, <laughs> our theme song, I would say. Well, we still have to follow its guidelines, nonetheless. That's true. We do. I mean, we laid it out there for everyone. This is what they're expecting now, and but but, we're, but and and even now we're doing all the we're doing every Scorsese movie that's not about fucking crime. <laughs> well, one's and, a goddamn musical. One's about Jesus. Well, uh, one set in what the fucking seventeen hundreds. I don't know. Age of Innocence. What age was was that? I didn't was, get to it yet. That was the oh you didn't that was the eighteen hundreds. That was the eighteen hundreds. Okay. Yeah. Although I hear that it's very good, so I'm actually looking forward to that one. It is. Well, um, listen. I mean, we 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 fell into that trap of thinking Scorsese, you know, only did crime movies. And guess what? He didn't. No. No, he's. I mean, we're going through it. We're going to go through two more tonight. Uh, a, a little bit of crime in one. Actually, crime in both of them, but not the way that we were thinking of with the no. gangster crime. Completely different type of crime. Um, before we jump into Scorsese, though, let's let's talk through some of these burning sports issues, of which there are only two that are really jumping out at me right now. I mean, there are a million stories happening um, just in the world of football with uh, you know preseason underway and. Antonio Brown, I think, is just completely losing his mind little by little. It's going to be fun to watch the Oakland Raiders unravel, probably <laughs> starting in week three, I would say. I, I think they'll just start to disintegrate. And they're going to have to reconcile reconcile themselves with the fact that John Gruden's still getting paid for another nine years or eight years. <laughs> right? Don't they have him for, on a 10-year deal? Yeah. Yes, they do. I mean, talk about the biggest waste of money ever. I, I don't 
why? Why would you put a volatile coach like Gruden in charge of a team that's already volatile and is moving to fucking Vegas in a year? Why? I guess because uh, what's his what's his name son? Gre- just... uh, Davis. Yeah, whatever his first name is, Al, Al Davis' Davis. son. Um, you know, just being familiar with him, with the guy, and and I think he's broke too. So he probably told he probably made a deal with Gruden of like you know some sort of piece of the team, I'm guessing, or something, right? Oh, so oh like, wow. That'll be a lot of money. I mean, Jesus. You think about how much money they're going to make when they go to Vegas. That's I mean. It seems like he can't really pay anybody right now. Or he's Al not. Davis is broke? That, that How can that family be broke? Uh, it's not Al Davis. What's his point. son's name? Whatever his name is. The kid with the weird haircut. But the, it's Davis, though, isn't it? That's it their is. name. It's his son, yeah. 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 Anyway. I, I don't know. I didn't know about that. But, yeah, so anyway, so that's a – so I think there's tons of things to talk about, but I wanted to just touch on the first uh, local topic, and uh, you're familiar with it, and I'm, I'm assuming a lot of people listening are familiar with it. Uh, it just happened, so today being Tuesday, August 27th, um, yesterday, Sean Rodriguez of the Phillies made a few comments post-game, um, you know, actually after a heroic finish to the game he made some some comments about philadelphia fans booing um you know which is just such a tired topic and really just the whole the whole storyline of the player complaining about the fans i how many times do i have to hear this over and over again or how many times does any fan have to hear it but in a nutshell i'll just pull a couple of the quotes out um you have his stats Either career or the season, and there is there is is there any chance that anyone outside of the Delaware Valley knows who this person is? <laughs> well, here let me run through. A, well, hold on. Let's first read the quote, and okay. then let me run through the stats. Okay? So he so he wins the game, bottom of the ninth, with a home run. Right. So heroic ending. You would think he walks off that field on a high, feeling good. Has to be his only no. walk off. Victor. Right, it has to be his only walk-off, maybe even since Little League. Yes. You know, I don't think that this guy's been making waves in baseball. He's been making them enough to make it onto a professional team, so he's he's better than a lot of the competition, but not a lot of the competition in the league. He's better than a lot of the guys that can't make it to that level, that's all. Yeah. Um, or at least he was at one point. So so after this, after this game... Somebody decided to ask him a fucking question. I guess it was, uh, oh, it was Matt Breen of the Philadelphia Inquirer. Um, copied down some of his thoughts, and he said this. So Rodriguez said, and talking about booing, he said, you're making guys not want to sit there and say, hey, they're going to support you. They're going to want you to do this. I don't even understand that statement. He says, that's tough. There's still a lot of good fans, though. Those are the ones that I hear and pay attention to. Um, he said, they're the ones behind home plate saying, hey, Sean, keep doing your thing. <laughs> this sounds made up. Uh, don't, don't worry about it. Things will come around. Hey, Reese. Hey, so-and-so. Hey, Bryce. That's not a lot of intelligent comments coming, coming out of behind home plate from what I'm, I'm getting uh, out of Sean Rodriguez. But 
He said, through the thick and thin, that's when you get to show your true colors. When you act a certain way towards somebody because you don't feel like they're doing what they need to do, just look at life in general. We, we want to win. There's nobody in here that doesn't want to win. Right. Okay. Let's just stop reading that quote. We all get that. And his quote is fucking stupid. And it, it was like the most inopportune moment to share these thoughts after like the, the team's already been so up and down and a lot of down. Mm-hmm. Horrible record against goddamn Marlins, right? One of the just one of the worst garbage teams the Phillies can't seem to beat. They've been up and down. They they have a nice win, and he was the one who was a main contributor to it. And he comes out with this kind of bullshit. That they had now, to squeak, they had to squeak out against a team that's fifty six <laughs> and seventy six. Right. All right, so so before and, – and I did a lot of talking here, so I'm going to let you talk. But before we do that, let me read you some of his stats from this season. Okay. I can't wait. Over the last month, he's 2 for 22. So for the non-baseball fan, that means in 22 plate appearances, times he got to bat in a game, he had two hits out of those 22 plate appearances. Okay. He's a career 226 hitter. That means 22% of the time he gets a hit. <laughs> now, you know, and this is probably an old George Carlin joke, but it's like nowhere on earth or in, in no other profession do you get to be good at something 22, 25% of the time and still get fucking paid, right? <laughs> um, he's only played 55 games at the Phillies. I think in the month of August, two for 22 comes out to be like, Point zero or point nine eight or or whatever, his batting average is like a point nine or something. I, you know, talking about somebody that really point oh nine really needs to appreciate that they have a job in the majors. Yeah, uh, I, this is not this is not soapbox time, Sean. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I mean, he and, made a mistake. Yeah, listen, and so these these people behind home plate. He is listening. So I like how he listens to the supporters. That's the ones he hears. But he doesn't hear the people he's complaining about that he that are booing. So which is it? You hear the guys that say, hey, Sean, you can do it, or the, the people that are booing? Well, he's first of all, these things that he said about what he's hearing behind home plate of, hey, go do your thing. <laughs> like, what's his thing? Strike out? So they're encouraging him to strike out? That's all the hit. That's been his thing. Go do your thing. Nobody knows what his thing is. He's a nobody. <laughs> go, and I'm go. not trying to rip the guy down. I'm a nobody also. Guess what? But he, you know, he's making it out. I don't even know what the, where this rhetoric came from. Or he was trying to just say something positive about fans because he probably caught himself and realized, hey, I'm really ripping fans a lot here. I better say something positive about them. He's not hearing anything positive. When he's two for 22, he's not hearing anything positive at all. Go I- do your thing. Is uh, is he defending like, like a Reese Hopkins who's slumping? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It was it was Reese, you know, who's been and who who's be, who's been booed, and I think Reese was like zero for five last night. Um. But but and and he and he was booed, but even Reese Hoskins, like I think I've heard him say, yeah, I mean, when I get booed, I deserve to be booed. I Does, think he doesn't really care about it. So Reese didn't go back in the clubhouse and like you know take Sean aside. He's like, "Thanks, man. Thanks for de- thanks for defending well, me out there. Gets the booze." 
Well, so maybe not that, but I did. I I want to say might have been Missinelli talking about it on on the Fanatic on the radio. He said uh, the 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 players, his teammates, probably loved it because he took the bullet for them. They probably so a lot of them who probably feel that way about fans booing and want to say something and bitch and moan don't because they know they're smart enough to know that there's too much backlash. But when this douche comes out and complains about it he just takes the bullet for all of them and you it know, gets the, the thoughts and feelings out there I guess if 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 sean realizes realizes that this is the best thing he can do is be a sacrificial lamb for this team and and divert attention like he knows that he, he's only batting 220 so this is what he could do to help the team then i'm all for it make fun of us all you want i mean what do we care uh, you know and then he gets booed tonight Again, don't even. Who cares? Uh, who cares about this guy, whether or not you boo him or not? I saw uh, what's his name, uh, Bob Wankel. He's like, everyone should cheer this guy tonight. That should be your first order of business. Like, don't, you know, good don't luck. Even, don't even. Right. Well, I mean, that can't happen in this town. But uh, <laughs> maybe if it was, uh, I'm trying to think. Where would something like that happen? San Diego, maybe, somewhere nice and well, sunny and and happy. We were we were cheering Markel Folds. You know, up until the day he was traded, trying to support this guy. I mean, yeah. where'd that where'd that get us? That was a waste of energy. I don't, why were we doing that? But the, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, 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 I, I don't have to explain Philadelphia to Sean Rodriguez. I don't even give a fuck. Um, but but we 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 know how to support somebody when we have to. We do, we do. Now, at the by the same token, I was not. My, you know, my heart wasn't fucking fluttering, and I wasn't having palpitations because this guy said this. But if you listen to sports radio today, you would have thought that this guy knocked the head off the fucking Rocky statue. <laughs> well, that- you know, it's it's just another typical story of a player not being able to relate to fandom and how fans work, and that they boo you when you're not producing, and that they fucking cheer you when you're winning. It's the same old story. It We didn't invent it. New York didn't invent it. It's just fucking the way it's been ever since sports were invented. Especially baseball. Like, they're fucking booing in the 1920s. So, it's just that the, the, the reaction to it by, by fans was kind of just annoying to me, I guess. And... And then Big Mike, I don't know if you saw his uh, <laughs> if you saw his text earlier when we were kind of talking about this. He says, listening to sports radio, he said one caller complained that the Phillies don't eat hoagies like the Eagles to what? try and acclimate. He said one caller was complaining that the Phillies don't eat hoagies like Eagles players and try and acclimate themselves to the oh. city. <laughs> oh my god, that is so dumb. It's so like I hope in that moment, please tell me that nobody from any other city was listening at that moment to that call. Please. <laughs> that is that is so embarrassing. But uh, but that that caller believes that for sure. Like right, you know, uh, and, you're not a true Philadelphian unless you've had a hoagie, apparently. Well, I, well, yeah. The funny thing is. You know, like that was Jeff Jeff Lurie's like big issue with the new stadium. He wouldn't let people bring their hoagies. Remember? Remember? <laughs> I do remember that. <laughs> I, mean, I do. What the fuck is wrong with these people? Right. I, hey, listen. <laughs> I, you know, Philadelphia to me, it's family. Like, you know. Yes. If I'm 
I'm always yeah, I'm stuck with these people. Right. I'm always elsewhere. Okay. So I'm always I'm defending Philadelphia all the time, but there's something wrong with these people. Uh, that, that live in the city. There's something fucking, fucking wrong with them. Loose. And I can say that because they're my people. But th- 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 honestly, it's getting harder and harder to defend these morons. Like, do you, th- <laughs> do you think – I have a theory. Do you think that Rizzo took some payoff to allow too much lead in the water like 30 <laughs> years ago uh, when he was mayor? And, um, and now we're seeing the effects of lead in these people's brains? Is that possible? It's very possible. I never drank that fucking water when I went over there when I was a kid. <laughs> um, I just – I don't get it. You know, it's, I know it's not your mentality. It's not mine. I hate I hate laughing at, at Philly fans when I'm one of them. But unfortunately, we deserve to be laughed at when we're making statements about Phillies don't eat enough hoagies um, like the Eagles do. That's just one of the dumbest fucking things I've heard all year. In 2019, I, I, that's that's amazing. It's up there, right? And you know, you, you were talking about you know even billing in the 20s. Like James Earl Jones was billing at the Field of Dreams. Remember? <laughs> like, that's right. I do remember. Like what the fuck? Yeah, it was it's, a thing. It's baseball. Yeah, it's baseball. You boo, right? So I mean, this is why I say you know Rodriguez is wrong, just like every other player is wrong. When they bitch about fans booing, it's just, my God, I can't believe that this is still a thing. Listen, um, if we're talking about entitled entitlement, and I hate that even yeah. we're even still discuss. Like I, I didn't give two shits about this story. I don't know where I first saw it, but it's so boring. I mean, the entitled part is the athlete, a Sean Rodriguez that is making, you know, whatever he's making, whatever too much, league, exactly whatever the league minimum isn't, you know. There's people in the stands. It's a same, God. It's such a trope. Do I have to say it? They're paying your salary. Like shut the fuck I up. Know. Like, I, I know. I hate it, saying it because it sounds so cliche, but it's true. But it's also dumb, and it, it you know, and it always goes back to you know uh, one of our first pods where you were, uh, we had our disagreement about calling. You know, when you talk about the Eagles saying we, you talk about the Phillies saying us, uh-huh. and and my point is, and to this day still is, I am, I'm an Eagle. I'm uh, a Philly, I'm a Sixer, I'm a Flyer, okay? I was long before any of You're the a players soul. were. I'm, I'm more of an Eagle You're a than, kick. than Carson Wayne. <laughs> I'm a soul. You're a, soul. You're a wing? Wait, you're a wing? You're, which one you want, Henry? The wing or the leg? You're a wing, you're a soul, you're a kick. Uh, is there any other ones? To, what are the other teams? Got any others that I missed? I, I'm a, a Freedom. Are they still a, a, a team? Philadelphia Freedom. That was a fucking Elton John song. You, um, no, it was a song based on the team. Uh, but, You're a phantom. Uh, yeah, sure. I'm a phantom, of course. But I'll uh, just keep going. Yeah. I'm more of all these things. I'm more of an eagle than Carson Wentz is. I'm an eagle. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. here long He's before. He's getting paid more than you, but. But, you know, so, you know, I get ties and all this stuff, but. Uh, when I when you think about forget the money when I go to a Phillies game that I spend you know what what is like if I go by myself I'm spending a hundred bucks but the money I've poured into these teams over the years you just yeah you got to shut the fuck up I spent a lot of money on these teams <laughs> it, it, but at the same time it doesn't I don't I could care less no, like, that, it doesn't well, no, bother me my head. right I was spending this that's money right. on many, uh, 
I yeah, okay. I just don't I I don't care. Like I can't let an athlete's opinion cuz so many athletes are fucking dummies just like so many fans are. Well, you know, uh, why 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 do I take their word as gospel like just because it's coming out of an athlete's mouth like he's just another fucking idiot. Thanks for saying so that. Why do, what, I, why do I care? Right. I meant to say that again, this is why baseball players are the dumbest of our four major sports. <laughs> they are. There's just this, less thought involved really. Is and you know, you're a sports, you have a coach at every fucking turn. You're, you're a sports writer, and someone say, "Hey, uh, hey, Sean, you know, uh, Andrew Luck got booed like a day ago." <laughs> what your, your thoughts? <laughs> I know, right? Oh, yeah. So we're gonna get into that next. Uh, so that's a, that was a good teaser. Um, yeah, think about it. A baseball player has a coach for every fucking thing that they do. Here, here's your hitting coach. Here's a coach that's gonna tell you when to steal. Here's the coach at first base to uh, greet you when you arrive after your hit. Uh, this guy's going to walk out to the mound and talk to you. This guy's going to, you know, it's just like they're, they're, they need instruction every step of the way. Now, I'm not saying if there, there are a lot of coaches on a football team too, but think about how much more complex a football, the, the game of football is than the game of baseball. You know, these fucking dummies, they need someone to handhold them. I hope Sean Rodriguez hears this, and I hope he has something to say about us. Oh. Yeah, me too. This guy couldn't read an NFL playbook. <laughs> well, they were following. ripping him on Twitter today, and his wife got involved. I heard Giselle Rodriguez. I did see um, another Giselle, another another uptight wife named Giselle. Another another really famous athlete with a wife named Giselle. <laughs> oh wait, famous. is I wrong? He's not really famous. <laughs> And the wives come in, yeah. It's been, it's. <clears throat> so it was a fun day. I did enjoy because I, I decided I was like, oh, I'm going to tune in, and listen to some of this sports talk, and it didn't disappoint. <laughs> it really did not. I loved it. Sometimes it's awful, but when stuff like this happens, and I know that I'm going to get to hear fans just be up in arms and irrationally angry. About something I, that just doesn't matter. You know, yeah, I, I'm, you know, I'm at the point now. I've always been at this point where, if, like, like I'll go against, like, if there's a commercial, I'll make sure I never even think about the product or ever buy it. If I get annoyed by the commercial, or, you know, if everyone's like, I, I feel like I don't want to fall for something. Like it's such a, it's such an easy, talk radio, you know, this showing chum in the water. Everyone should just ignore it. Like, like, if you're getting riled up by Sean Rodriguez and you have to call a radio station, you have to – God, you have to evaluate your life. Yeah. Well, here, did you ever hear this kind of speech when someone calls off the radio and is someone calls up and says, you know what? This guy doesn't understand Philly. This is a tough <laughs> town. Uh, you know, we, we want our players to be like us. Uh, yeah, you know, it's the same rhetoric that yeah. – it's that rah-rah shit. It's just that same vein of rah-rah. This is what we're like. We're tough. We're blue-collar. Like, well, we don't have to say it. Like, if that's what we are, we don't need to announce it. It's just what we are. Why do you need to call up and call it out that way? And what does that have to do with this guy complaining about booing anyway? I guess because he's not gritty enough. He's not hard-nosed enough. I don't know. I don't know. Right. I'm so, so tired of that, too. So tired yeah, 
it's you know just we've it's we're just tired of it because we've been hearing these same things over and over again. As much as we hear about how awful Philly fans are by the outside media and other cities, it's just as annoying to listen to us pump ourselves up as blue collar tough. I'm just so tired yeah. of it all. I wonder. I wonder how. Yeah, I, I have nothing else to say. I'm sorry. Okay, that's <laughs> cool. Um. So how about let's move on to Andrew Luck. Okay. Uh, are you done with this Phillies talk? Yes. This is the most we've talked about the Phillies since like opening day, I want to <laughs> say. When I declared that they were, this was like the best season they were ever going to have <laughs> after the start that they were on. I believe Remember I Remember how excited we were? I was parsing every word of Bryce's press conference. Yeah. Yeah, I think you were like, let's go through this. <laughs> right? Did, or we were going to like listen live. I took three pages of notes on his press conference. You did. I remember. There was a lot there. That's a good episode. Anyone who's listening who didn't hear it, go back. Go back to April. <laughs> I think that was April. Yeah. April or March. Um, find that episode. Listen to Jeff's uh, – that was your personal love song to Bryce Harper. Yes, it was. Hey, I'm so, I stand by it. It so, was your opus. So it was, it was interesting that all of the people – all of those Philadelphia fans that were booing Sean Rodriguez Monday night, I guess they they drove in from Indianapolis from two days before. <laughs> from, right. They, so the, all the Philly fans went to Indianapolis to watch some Colts preseason and then drove the 12 hours back to Philly for the Pirates game Monday. Quite a journey. Right. Good road trip. Yeah, like they made they made it out there to, to, um, to boo at – at Andrew Luck, and then they made it back. That that's a good. That was a good one. Um, so Andrew Luck retired. Very very surprising. Well, I mean, it's kind of surprising, kind of not surprising. Um, he's only twenty nine years old. He played eight seasons, um, but it feels like. I mean, it's hard to believe that he played eight seasons. I feel like I've watched him for like three. Like, would, mm-hmm. how many? I don't know how many full seasons he's played, but it hasn't been many. Um. And so he, you know, he's done. He's tired of battling back from injuries. He decided that that was it. And so he announced his retirement. What was that? Saturday night, Jeff? Yes. It was Saturday night. Saturday night. And, um, yeah. So he, he announces that. And then Indianapolis fans boo. They boo him. So what are your thoughts on, one, the retirement, and two, the reaction? Uh, well, it was very shocking. So I can imagine, you know, if I was for some reason at a, at a preseason game in the fourth quarter and, you know, I find out that Carson Wentz is standing on the sideline and said he just decided he was retiring, I would be, uh, I don't know how I would feel. I would be a little upset, especially, you know, two weeks before the season starts. So, um, you know, I can understand frustration at that point. And, uh-huh. But, uh, you know, hearing his press conference and, you know, hearing his injuries listed, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, what you know, what else is he going to do? He can't play the sport anymore. He's going to get killed out there. It's not I, like he, I it's agree. Not, it's not like he wasn't a tough guy. I mean, you know, that's he's in this position because he was tough. No, he's very tough. I mean, I, I you may recall, I, 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 God damn it, I can't even recall who they were playing against, but I, I remember – watching him run one in from like the the 10 or the 11 yard line and just taking massive hits like at the goal line just the way Wentz did 
um, a couple years ago when he got hurt against the Rams. But that same sort of heroic run for the end zone and where he just get demolished, but he still scored the touchdown. Yeah, you get helicoptered um, on the, at the goal line. Yeah, exactly. It, like, I remember Luck, you know, he's – and he – I think they said he's taken, like, 75 more – or I'm sorry, I think I'm exaggerating, but it was, like, 55 more hits than any other quarterback yeah, over, it was, like, the, a three-year time span. It was a crazy number, and rightly so. Everyone's, you know, blaming – his old GM, that Grigson guy yeah. who the Eagles used to have. Yeah, <laughs> never gave this guy a fucking offensive line. Uh, right. You know, what the what the fuck do you expect? Yeah, and, you know, my thoughts are this. Like, yeah, I, I get the frustration. The problem is, as usual, fans are unable to disassociate um, what's going on in the fucking sports world from real life. And... This is a guy who needed to make a decision to retire because, for whatever reason, maybe he's afraid of being crippled at some point. He's afraid of concussions. He's afraid. I don't know what. But I think battling back from injury every season was just probably taking its toll on him mentally. I'll bet it made him depressed. He needed to be done. And the fact that either, A, if you're booing you know, vehemently, either, A, you... You're so out of touch or you're not paying attention um, to the fact that Andrew Luck has dealt with all these injuries that you feel the need to boo. Or B, uh, you you know about it and don't care and you're an asshole. Either way, to me, you're an asshole. And, you know, I get the frustration, but I, I wouldn't boo. But I'm not a booer either, so maybe that's part of it. It's not my thing. Yeah, I don't know what it actually ever achieves. I shake my head in disgust. Maybe. I guess it's a fun sound to make. I don't know. Uh, Is it? I, I feel dumb when I boo. Yeah, I, I don't really. I don't remember. I don't know. Boo! <laughs> what does it do? I don't know. I don't know. It's I think a, a boo is funny when it's like when you do it ironically. Like if I was like. Uh, yo, Jeff, you want to go grab a beer? And you're like, ah, no, I got to go get a gift from Melinda for her birthday. I'd be like, boo. That would be funny to me. Hilarious. But, yeah, <laughs> right. It's just, it's just good. It's, it's comedy gold. But, um, yeah, in the forum of, of a sporting event, I get so tired of hearing it. It's just, it, it makes people sound dumb. But, again, this is me probably sound like I'm on my fucking high horse. So, well, whatever. I, feel, feel free to boo me. I do wish that it was mentioned well they did mention the booing but you know it's never with the vitriol when it's a non-philadelphia city oh no no it's a hearty uh, uh healthy boo no what i mean is the commentary about it i mean people said you know i'm sure there was people that said he shouldn't have been booed but it didn't become a national tragedy well it's, no of course it's, it's booing. indianapolis right you know, it's not like the epicenter of anything, really. It's not like those... Um, those besides Indiana. Yeah, it's not like those assholes in Toronto that were booing injuries this year. Well, hey, we had we had a lot to say about them. Well, I'm, um, just, I'm just saying. No, I, I agree. Uh, everyone I forgets. I don't. This got, well, I mean, there were a lot of people talking about it. I didn't, I didn't listen to a lot of national um, commenta- commentary on this story. I only listened to mostly the local commentary, and it all made sense. It was like, like I get it. I I get the boo. It's not like I don't 
don't understand it completely. I wouldn't have booed. I, I kind of get it, but I do think it's like, you know the guy's been injured like 70% of his career. It made sense. Does it help that it's a couple weeks before the season? No. But maybe he was like trying to give it a go and he, he who knows, maybe he talked about it with his wife. Like, I don't know. Um, yeah, but you're, you know, how, how you're, can you judge it? You're a blue collar guy. You wake up every morning, grab your lunch pail. <laughs> <laughs> driving some. Do people still use lunch pails that aren't in fucking elementary school? Yeah, driving. The, you know, you're you're hitting the traffic. You're in the roads, like you know, you would tough it up. Oh yeah, you? nine to five grind. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're yeah, I'm you with know, you. blue collar guy. Come on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I know I should be booing more than I do <laughs> if I'm going to be blue collar. You're going to have to hand in your blue collar card. What are we working on a fucking assembly line every day, like Laverne and Shirley? Building skyscrapers. Punch in. Yeah, sitting on we eat our lunch sitting on a fucking beam. Yeah, on a beam. Like yeah. hanging on a skyscraper. <laughs> <laughs> With uh, my hard hats next to me or in my lap and I'm eating my sandwich out of it. <laughs> Philadelphia didn't have a building taller than, than ten stories ten years ago and now it's you know, guys <laughs> on beams all the time. Right, they're all. That's what I what I'm picturing. I, I haven't been in Center City in a while. That's what I'm picturing. That's the Center game. City of Frank Frank Rizzo's era. Yeah, that's Good two Riz, That's two Rizzo mentions in one episode. Good old Frank so Rizzo. The Fra- there's the Frank a great. Rizzo. There's a great. Uh, there's a great clip of him threatening to punch a reporter at his house. Yeah, that's an awesome clip. Miss- I mean, he was a ballsy guy. He was bigger than life. I mean, I. It's like I can kind of remember we, we, you and I, we would have been in elementary school, I guess, when he was in his heyday, right? Probably like sixth, seventh, eighth grade, somewhere around there. Um, so middle school, I guess I should say. I mean, and in my household, I, I he was a hero. Remember. We had Sinatra on the wall, the Pope, Frank Rizzo. And then Frank Rizzo. Yes. <laughs> I can't say that it was the same in my house, but. Uh, we were living in. Well, wait, you were living in Jersey. Why was Rizzo so big in, in, in your life? You and I were both Jersey boys. I, well, no, I, my my both grandparents are from Philly. Uh, the, I got it. I got it. Yeah, I'm sure my my grandparents were were big into him, but you know, it's like unless you were living in South Philly, I I, I don't know. Didn't they take his mural down? Uh, I think so, because he was like a racist, and I don't know. He's more racist than Kate Smith, I guess. Huh. I don't know what's, yeah, what we're going to do. They better. I, oh, they, that's what all these blue-collar guys are doing. They're building the new buildings they have to tear down because they were racist involved. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Rizzo had worse transgressions than picking any fields or whatever the hell it was that, that Kate, Kate Smith sang. Oh, uh, yeah. Back in the 30s. A lot of callbacks in this episode. A lot of callbacks. Go- if you're a Garden State of Mind traditionalist, are loving this episode. Yeah, this is a, a Garden State of Mind purist episode, <laughs> if you will. This is the true fans. This is like, yeah, you know, don't come out and play play our our, our top ten hits. You're getting the deep cuts. Yeah, this is all. That's right. This is all secret code, basically, for Garden State of Mind fans. So, for the inner circle. Um, what, what, well, what name are those people going to have, by the way? Like along the lines of a deadhead or something? I was thinking Stades. Ooh. 
I like the that. The 80s. Okay. That would be our, yeah, that would be our, our following. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so when I start, when you start to see that crazed look in my eyes and I'm wearing like denim jacket and, de- and jeans and I had grow a beard and you know, I fully transitioned to like Manson status. <laughs> that's when we could start calling everybody Stadies. I like it. And I guess you're going to start riding a horse around a fucking ranch or something. Cause you're going to be like Tex. I would love to ride a horse. You know, I, I, I took my kids to Yellowstone last year. I kind of realized it was like the last time they were all be under my thumb. And uh, we went horseback riding in Yellowstone. And what was... kind of Jew rides horses? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I had to go Livia Soprano on you there. That's for Pat. Enjoy that, Pat. That is Dude, we're for still Pat. That's right. Oh, well, is that it? You just want to go horseback riding? I thought there was more to the story before I interrupted you. I'm sorry. No, I don't. Just stop dead. Well, I realize that my kids hate Yellowstone. It really upsets me. Why do they hate Yellowstone? I, I loved Yellowstone. Well, they're whatever generation they are, and it's, it's boring. There's no Wi-Fi. <laughs> That's right. There's nothing fucking electronic to do there, I guess. Listen, my kids. You have to inter- interact with nature. My kids are a couple of blue collar kids. They, uh, you know, they're used to what they're they, they're used to. Blue they're collar. Simple. They're simple blue collar kids. I don't know. Is I'd that, say I no mean, no collar. That generation's not working. Nah, that's true. Hayden's already think on, about on record it. as he's not not he will not be working. Oh, is, he, is he going to be play games? I got a I got a tale tale from tale from the prick, uh, my son. If you'd like. Yeah, go ahead. So. Uh, he, he tales from the prick. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Make like a little creak, a little creaking sound. <laughs> it's tales from the prick. I just invented that. I'm pretty, it's, I'm pretty proud of that one. That's really uh, good. Tell him he's got his own segment on our show. I will. I'll maybe we'll. Uh, hopefully, you'll see him uh, Saturday. But um, oh, good, good. Maybe we'll get him involved in a live one with us. But uh, he 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 sends me a text. So, so we watch Big Brother. Like that's the last thing we kind of do as a family. Um, <laughs> this is it. It's your yeah. last, the last <laughs> ties you have with these people. And for Hopefully some reason, they don't Hayden, cancel that show. <laughs> and for some reason, Hayden watches this show, but you know we're not complaining. And that's uh, weird. And then he'll watch here and there. He would say like, oh, he watched like a Breaking Bad episode, or you know, I think he started watching Walking Dead before we all did, like on Netflix. Okay. So, you know, he's watching things here and there, but, you know, it's, it's like, you know, when I think of myself, like I'm so obsessed with music and TV and movies and I just don't, you know, I've never seen that from him. He, I don't know what, what he even kind of gives a shit about when it comes to that kind of stuff. So yeah, he texted me yesterday and he's like, uh, did you see, a, there's a, there's a Breaking Bad movie, uh, coming up. I said, uh, I said, yeah, I said, uh. You finish the series because then I would ask him occasionally, I'm like, "Oh, what, what, where are you at in in Breaking Bad?" And he would, you know, mumble something, and and uh, you know, it's like, <laughs> "Listen, I'm, you know, I'm, I'll watch whatever you're watching. I'll just dive right back in, you know, whenever you want to watch an episode or you know, whatever." I'm like begging, right. begging, please, please love me. And uh, you're like trying to yeah. right. It's like you need his approval <laughs> and and his camaraderie. I got it. I understand. So he texted me this. I said, "Oh, I said, uh, you finished the series?" He's like, "Yeah, yeah." And he said, uh, <laughs> I said, uh, well, I'm glad we really. You must, have missed, you must have missed the invites to, to watch. 
I'm really, I mean, I'm, I'm, well, I'm glad, I'm glad we talked about it. I said, I, what, did you like it? Yeah. You know, it's like, I'm like, oh, okay, well, great talk. I, you know, rave, I, rave review. So I'm like, you know, uh, uh, he brings it up. I don't know. I guess it's his way of saying, Hey, that he's seen it and now he's interested in the, in the new movie. Yeah. But you know, th- that's it from him. That's it. Like, you know, God forbid we ever discussed it. And even I tried, I'm like, so what'd you think? And then there's like no text for like hours. And then I'm like, oh, well, great talk. I, I enjoyed how we discussed this. You know, thanks. He, he, he was he was uh, thinking up his it was, he spent a lot of time thinking up his response of sounds cool or it was good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe he's, he's really diving deep and he's going to pull some pull some clips and uh, some national reviews. And that's and then he's going to get back to me. It's cool you guys really bonded over yeah. this, this show. I've never felt closer. It's amazing. This is like uh, trying to think of great like father-son combos over the years. You guys are like the Mount – you're definitely on the Mount Rushmore. Father, father-son duos. Can you, can you imagine if that I- time we That time we watched an episode of Breaking Bad together in passing. Can you – can you imagine if I gave a shit? I'd be so upset. Like, <laughs> I know that's. Thank God you don't. Thank God you have a you have a thick skin. I, I, I was visiting Chloe at school. It was her birthday, uh, in Alabama. So I went down, and uh, and I was just talking to her about class and stuff. And like I, you know, I actually pulled out my transcript from. Uh, you know what? Real quick, I've realized. You know, my wife begrudgingly gives me credit. All summer, like basically every decision I've kind of steered everyone towards has been the right one. Like I'm so I'm so like full of myself about all the decisions I've made and all the advice I give because yeah. everyone, you know, even I mean, honestly, who is more annoyed by me than Melinda? Right. Nobody. So <laughs> when that's, that's correct. Right. So when she gives me credit, like, you know, like I'm dead on right. Right. So, yes. So anyway, so I was talking to uh, Chloe about, you know, just everything. So I'm like, I'm showing her my grades of, uh, you know, my my freshman year and they weren't good. I had like a, a 2.2 GPA. I just, you yeah, know, I wasn't I wasn't ready for college. I didn't know how to study. I was always just new stuff. So I didn't have to like really devote effort. And so I'm like, listen, it, it can snowball. It can get away from you. And I said, you know, here's the deal. You got to get all A's. Like, you know, and if this is a lot of pressure, I'm sorry, but you can tell your therapist someday about me. But, but as of right now, tough shit. You have got to get all A's. And so, (laughs) so that was my. What did she say? She's fine. I mean, she's you know, she's prepared for all A's. Uh, Yeah. So you know, she can do it. So I'm not even. I'm not really worried about it. But it's like I'm not gonna. You know, I don't. I'm not gonna feel bad about demanding A's. No. I mean, I, what kind of a pep talk are you supposed to give? Yeah, hey, uh, try your best. You know, I mean, you want to instill confidence and instill, uh, hey, this is important. You know, you want to do good here. You don't want to fuck this up. This is your one shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, sounds like an Eminem fucking song. <laughs> like, um, but, you know, I mean, Johnny, come on. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely the smartest guy you know. Certainly Chloe. I, and I'm like, well, I would agree. the The only person who is probably unimpressed was Hayden. Did he? He's probably the only one that's unimpressed with your prowess. 
of giving advice and all that shit. Well, you know, I tried this on on him too, and so I actually got it. I actually took logic in in college, and I failed. Uh, <laughs> and so, yeah, they. they Did they, you step away to take a piss? By the way, it sounds like you're about nine feet away from the microphone. Yeah. No, I just I turned it slightly. But I thought I thought maybe you popped into a side bathroom where you were just gonna start pissing and talk to me while you were uh, going to the bathroom. <laughs> Is that better? That's but okay. much better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not, not, like, it was funny. Okay. Uh, anyway, yeah. That's it. I don't know what I say. Okay, that's good. That's good. <laughs> so uh, you and Hayden will be watching El Camino together uh, when that is released. I'll tell you what, that looks really good. The uh, Breaking Bad. Um, sequel. I'm shocked that the they, movie that they pulled it off. Like Odenkirk is like, yeah, that the movie is filmed, and you you know because it's such a huge thing in in New Mexico that everyone is aware of what's happening. Like, I'm amazed that they that they somehow did it without spoil without just pictures on the set. Yeah, I don't know how they did it either. Um, I mean, I guess you and I think of Breaking Bad as I guess you're right. In New Mexico, it's a huge thing. I don't like what kind of fan base was there for Breaking Bad? Like, I wasn't a part of it when it was live. I was a part of it, you know, post on Netflix yeah. and whatever. Well, it's certainly. I mean, it w- clearly it wasn't Game of Thrones level, but no, but it's, know, how many millions? It's more about Better Call Saul. Like, there is real. Like, you know, it's like a top secret set for Better Call Saul. And everyone's, you know, I'm actually dying to get down there and like and like check out all the sites. Yeah, you know, I would like to take that tour. I know there's a tour that goes through for for all that stuff. I would love to do that. That'd probably be fun. But I wonder if it's now just like it's so commercialized that it it wouldn't feel that cool. Well, I'm I would. Yeah, I, I'm not. I wouldn't plan on. I was actually did it. Almost did it last year, but uh, I was just going to do my own tour. Yes, that I would be down with. Yeah, I wanted to do a tour of like L.A. Um, and find different different scenes from different movies that I love. Like Heat has a million of them. Mm-hmm. Um, a million different locations I would love to uh, check out. Stuff like that. But yeah, that's fun. Are you going to do it? You going to go to New Mexico? I want to travel enough. Yeah, it's just I don't get it's not it's close to my territory, so I can't really do it like, you know, during work. And then like I I forget what I was doing. Oh, I was I got like a trade show. So I'm like, oh, before I come home on the weekend, I'm going to stop in New Mexico. I'm like, well, did he care if I go? She's like, are you fucking crazy? (laughs) So I didn't do it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That's fantastic. (laughs) I would say first we you and I need to do a Sopranos tour and we need to chronicle the whole thing and and record our journey as we walk in the footsteps of Tony Soprano in North Jersey. I mean that yeah, that's an easy one. Have you been to um Holston's? No, I haven't been to any of it. Wow. No. Yeah, I mean uh, well, the Bada Bing well, the, was the Bada Bing uh, torn down. No, it's still there. It's just closed. Mm, is it closed? Did they shut it down? I don't know. I think it was still operational. I, thought, I was I was near it recently, like a couple of years ago. And I, think I we, thought you and I read an article like last year. Oh well, then if it, yeah, if it closed, then it was this year. Then 
Yeah, it was like the the owners, and you know, it was obviously it was mob related. Like the the guys that were running it were shut down, or they were busted by the feds for money laundering or something. Mm. And um, yeah, that last I had heard, the Bada Bing was was closed. I mean, it wasn't called the Bada Bing, I guess. I don't I don't know. Is it shocking that strip clubs are still a thing? <laughs> um, no, no, it's not. They'll I al- mean, they'll always be in need. I mean, God, there's still like places that have like peep shows and stuff. Really? In in Manhattan? Yeah, I think so. I think they have like. I mean, there are adult theaters. There are operational. Yeah. Yes. In Manhattan, for sure. Oh. Are you sure? So as long as you have those, I, I mean, am I sure? Like, I haven't been to one, but I'm pretty sure. I thought New York was all cleaned up. It doesn't look like the taxi driver in New York anymore. <laughs> I do, yeah, but I still think that they have those those places. Well, they have to be dying. I'm not saying they're on Broadway. They have to be dying out. I, I don't see Hayden walking into one of those. I mean, I'm assuming he's just on U-Porn all the time, right? Well, he's going to be working at it. <laughs> he's going to be running a projector. Well, he's a blue-collar kid and, uh, you know, living a blue-collar life, loving his Philly and teams. It- He'll be ready. Oh, yeah. Yeah, watching games and shows with his dad. Yeah. he. I get it. Dad. He's living that Philly life. <laughs> um, license suspended. Dad. Pick yeah. No, no, son, I can't. My license is suspended, too. Oh, fuck. All right, man. Fuck everybody. You know, we didn't even get into your suspended license. Did we talk about that on the last pod? We did. Oh, okay. Well, oh, all right. No, no. So any updates? Well, I went to court, and um, I just paid whatever the fine was. I talked to the prosecutor, and she's like, oh, well, I said, I think you guys, like, overcharged me because, you know, why did you, why did I pay extra for this if I still have getting surcharges? And she's, she's like, you want to plead not, you want to plead guilty? And I said, well, no, but, like, I don't know, she was so cunty. And I'm not saying that because she's a woman, but it was just so – at one point I handed – Yeah, I know plenty of guys like that. At one point I handed her my summons, and I, God, it was one of – it was my jerk store moment because it, it, I, I've been so annoyed about it. So I, I, I put it on her little table, and I said, see, it says you know whatever it said. And she's like, oh, okay. And then she said, all right, well, you could take – and she wouldn't touch it. She's like, she almost like, she like, you know, when someone like, like, if, let's say I put like, you know, a, a piece of shit, right, a turd on there where she'd be like, kind of like recoiling from it. And I'm like, bitch, really? I mean, first of all, the dregs of humanity are in this court, this courtroom. So I guess, you know, she just views everybody that way, except I'm wearing, right. you know, I'm wearing khakis and a dress shirt. So like, <laughs> really, are you, you're disgusted by this piece of paper that was in my pocket? You fucking bitch. I, I, I was so mad. I guess in her in her mind, it's you could put a tuxedo on a pig, but it's still a pig. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just gonna, yeah. <laughs> compared you to a pig I'm, there. That's fine. I'm... Just like that guy on Facebook from a few episodes ago. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so your your license is not suspended. No, it is. You are. So, dr- oh, it is. Well, so that what the fuck? well that was the court. That was you know just Voorhees, those heroes there, and so I was paying that fine. <laughs> Tough so I just, town. So I paid off my fine there, but the problem is there's a state surcharge. And so 
you know, the state surcharges, whatever it is, 200 bucks. And so, listen, the only, I'm guilty of hating, hating New Jersey and hating everything. So, like, you know, I, let, let me go on record as saying I do have $200, but I'll be fucking goddamned if I'm going to give it to New Jersey before I have to. So I pay them $25 every month. Yeah. And so occasionally uh, – A payment plan. Occasionally I forget. And that's what happened. So the, so these fucking pricks, because I forgot a twenty-five dollar payment, suspended my license. This is goes again. Everything you just said goes against the mission statement for this podcast. By the way, what this hating New Jersey, uh, twenty-five bucks at a time, not paying it off like uh, a good Jersey taxpayer ah. should. Um, but hey, you know, good for you. So, so as of right now, you're still suspended. So I paid, yes. Yeah, so then I paid whatever the new extra fucking surcharge was, and uh, they're like, "Oh, don't drive until you get, you know, something in the mail." And I'm like, "Okay," but you know. Oh yeah, I'm, sure. Oh, I won't drive, yeah. officer. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, so that's where I am. So I guess I'm waiting to hear if uh, if, my, if the letter came. I'm on the road and I'm driving. Well. Uh, as a New Jersey resident, you know, taxpayer or whatever, uh, I'm glad to hear that they're keeping the delinquents off the road <laughs> like it, yourself. Yeah, keep it tabs you on know, me. You better watch out. Who knows when I'm capable you know, out there. They're protecting the insured. Uh, I'm assuming you don't pay for your insurance either. Is that is that how this works? I wish. Oh, I <laughs> wish I couldn't pay for, didn't pay for that. Oh, I hate um, I hate driving the speed limit too. It's so frustrating. Fifty-five miles an hour on these on these major highways is just obscene. It well, I mean, it depends on where you're talking about. If it's going through a town, I'm usually okay with it. But a highway should be seventy-five. Yes, I think. I think that's a safe. Like you could still drive seventy-five safely. You know, as long as you're like a even a somewhat capable driver, seventy-five is not bad. But yeah, I I. You know, 55 on a highway is stupid. It should at least be 75. It's unsafe. It is because people are so frustrated. Like, I feel like that's where more stupid shit happens when people are driving, like, a little bit slower than where they want to be. Well, so, you know, yeah, lucky for you, I'll be off the street soon. So you won't have to deal with me. Um, so what happens? Is Hayden going to drive your – oh, wait, Hayden doesn't drive yet, does he? No. Oh. Well, Melinda's going to be working. Who's going to cart your ass around? How do you get into the airport? I guess an Uber? <laughs> Thank God for Uber for people in your situation. I'm, assu- I'm assuming I'm unsuspended as we're, as we're speaking right now. Checks in the mail. Yeah. Or the letters in the mail, whatever. Dear Mr. Giuliani, this letter is to inform you that and, you are and, now – there's, you know, there's one notice. A licensed driver. I mean, can you imagine I – mean, I mean, this is – you know, everyone talks about this, but they are Johnny on the fucking spot when you forget twenty five dollars. But you know, <laughs> run that in reverse when they owe us twenty five, and let's see what happens. The hoops right. you jump through. You know, all of a sudden, you know they can they can figure out in two seconds that I haven't paid twenty five dollars. But but if you have to correspond with them, you know, you have to use a fucking telegram. You know, they don't accept emails. I mean, it, it's unfucking believable. <laughs> If there's like a credit owed to you, you better believe that it's not going to be an easy one for them to find in the fucking system. 
And then you, the 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 phone lines when you got to call and press like nine buttons. Oh. Now I just sound like an old person, but yeah, you know you got to go through the directory, and then you get to some voice. Oh, that department closes at two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> what are you talking about? They close at two. Yeah, and they're not open on Thursdays and Fridays. You're gonna have to I, call back on Monday. I was. Uh, <laughs> Hayden, his his hockey has started up, as you famously know. And uh, so I was up in North Jersey all weekend and I was like talking about this with the parents. I started getting so heated about everything. And I'm like, uh, you know, you know, I did my rant of, you know, everyone's worried about fucking, you know, abortion and gay rights and and whatever the fuck else. If people really thought about what the government does to us, there'd be fucking out and out revolts. We'd be marching on trend every day, every fucking day for what these pricks put us through. But luckily for the government, we are just all lulled to sleep. Right. We're like – uh, we it's know. really like the fucking Matrix. You, 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 have you seen the Matrix? Yeah. With Keanu Reeves? We're all just plugged in yeah. to this fucking fairy tale world that we yeah. believe we, ex- we exist in. But you're right. Meanwhile, behind the scenes, the government is like those fucking metal – those spiders that are just fucking walking around – and and uh you know the the earth is like scorched and dark and a disgusting place that that's what it is for us really right I, we're just oblivious to it i know all i'm looking at is the is the blonde in the red dress i don't see anything else that's that's right that's right and um and that's how they want it to be yeah so you're right if if we knew sean Ro- half of the shit that goes right. on sean rodriguez andrew luck and meanwhile their their hands are all in our pockets taking everything they can Right, they're like, yeah, yeah, just keep feeding them stories about yeah. uh, Andrew Luck's retirement. Yeah, yeah, get them riled up. Why, um, why, why, why does everyone hate blue collar people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, it, it, <laughs> and it's Philly, so yeah. just have them say that they're the fans are entitled yeah. or whatever. Yeah, talk that up. Did you hear that Wawa is is sponsoring the Ravens? Whoa, whoa, whoa yeah. yeah whoa. <laughs> That's a real burning issue. I know on the top uh, on the minds of Philadelphia fans. That was another one. That really just made me want to throw up. That people were actually irritated by that. It's another fucking hoagie thing. <laughs> it's hoagie, so yeah. Another hoagie thing. Like, this is a big deal for us in Philly, apparently. Like, I eat hoagies every day. But guess what? I It's not my how I associate myself with where I live. Because I eat a fucking hoagie. Did they stay, do you, did they stay fresh in your lunch pail or do you, get, you make them to order? <laughs> no, they um, made to order. Ah, you know it's oh. it doesn't factor into my civic pride. I, I'll tell you that aristocrat. Much. Yeah, well, you know it's made to order during hoagie. During hoagie fest, they were uh, five dollars. <laughs> you know, of course, you just go get a fresh one. Uh, yeah, five ten at a time. Yeah, of course. Put them in the fridge. Bring one a day. Um, that's my savings tip for the week. Johnny's uh, lunch lunch savings tips. <laughs> Love it. So listen, uh, we we we're an hour in here. Um, let's let you want to jump into. Uh, let, let's see if we can do two reviews in a half hour. I would love to. What what are we? What movies? Well, um, let's start with After Hours, and then we're gonna jump into um, King of Comedy. So we, so we've talked about everything but the biggies, right? Yeah, we well, talk- we didn't touch on New York, New York. Um, oh. 
Did you see it's it? Because I don't. Yeah, I watched it. It's probably because I don't feel like talking about it, but we can. I I was just going to do two tonight, just because, especially for the sake of timing. Okay. Um, and after hours and King and Comedy are much more interesting, I think, to talk about. At I mean, least. I I think the New York New York conversation is five minutes anyway. If you want, at least for me, it is. Uh, yeah, go ahead. You, I, why don't you dive in? So I'm I'm grading everything, as you know, and uh, I've kind of been looking at my grades and reevaluating them and I originally I think gave New York New York a C minus I believe but I I I since I've changed it to a C which doesn't seem like a big deal but I I liked this movie more than I thought I would I really liked the first two acts I liked Liza Minnelli I like I was like really taken by her I'm like wow she seems really normal I like her performance there was a heightened aspect to it with the set design that Scorsese did on purpose to make it seem like an old Hollywood type of film. And, you know, I, obviously I loved what De Niro was doing. But the reason it became a C for me is because that last hour where it was basically her being Liza Minnelli, like show toony and that overdramatic, that, like the reason most people hate Liza Minnelli, like that's... That's that was my main takeaway from that. I was, I was so annoyed by her in the end. Yeah, um, I I agree. And yeah, that's like the Liza Minnelli that I guess I feel like I've known my whole life. If, for anything that I knew about her, right. I mean, honestly, the I, I feel like one of the only things I know about her is uh, actually two things. One, I guess, actually three things. Now, this movie, Cabaret, right? That was her, wasn't it? I think so. so cabaret. I think so. I don't know though. I haven't seen it. I want to say that was a Broadway show or something, and then uh, she's uh, Judy Garland's daughter. <laughs> that that's literally all that I've known about Liza Minnelli. Right. She she toured with Sammy and Frank in the eighties. Okay. See, I I guess I even forgot about that. But yeah, that that does ring a bell. But I was. Um, yeah, I was expecting the Liza we hate the whole movie, and she wasn't there in the beginning, and in a way maybe. You can blame Scorsese for wasting what could have been just a nice performance because he actually added in that whole – I mean basically they showed the whole play at the end or whatever, musical fucking yeah. show. And um, But otherwise I liked – you know, the De Niro character was a little – Over the top? Yeah, a little odd. Like it turns out he was talented but in the beginning he was like, like a complete – you know, just a weird guy. Um, but other, but I, but I was liking it. I was really enjoying the beginning of it. I was shocked. Yeah. Um, I guess there were, th it, I mean, I'm with you. So my grade was a C. I think I gave it a straight C. Um, yeah, me too. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's right. You bumped up your grade. Um, I just, the story was a little disjointed for me, I guess. And, yeah, I agree with you. Like his rise to becoming a famous um, was he like a club owner and saxophonist or whatever the hell jazz he playing jazz saxophone I guess yeah. and um I don't know it I guess it was supposed to feel more like a like a Broadway show than a movie and I guess that was and for some reason this was a Scorsese passion project um. I don't know why, and I think he went into a tailspin um, after this movie bombed. Yeah, and apparently he like was binging on coke and 
he was he was really high on coke while they were filming this and uh what the hell else did i read it was like he couldn't control he couldn't control like all the improvisation that was going on with de niro and and uh and her oh, really? liza yeah and and that was apparently a flaw and he was criticized for that and yeah it was really weird um, i don't it wasn't received well no and it makes it kind of makes sense but i I definitely will watch it again, but in, in in the grand scheme of things, you know, it's just a blip. But it, but it's but it's interesting to realize that this is his sixth movie, and then it becomes a really interesting choice. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, totally agree. I mean, it's completely going. It's a complete misdirection, but I, from everything else that he had done. Yeah, now, but I but I'm going to recommend it. I'm going to say, yeah, you should say it. I told you you had to see it. I saw it a first. A C? What? You're recommending a C, huh? I'm, you should see it at least once. I guess from that standpoint, sure. I mean, I'm going to definitely. But we would I'll, say the same for everything except for Kundun. I'm I'm assuming. Yeah. Well, that's and again, this is why he's on the list of the greats, and yeah. and even more so for me now than when I thought two podcasts ago when I was fumbling around with what he had done. But now he's it's solidified, like you know, I, everything he does for me. But but not that I love everything, because I, no. I haven't loved everything clearly. Well, we're giving out some C's and. Well, let's talk about after hours then. Yeah, that's a perfect segue into after hours. Um, so long and short of it, after hours, uh, 1985 movie. Um, Griffin Dunn was a star, so. Was he a big actor at that time, I Griffin Dunn? I still don't know who he is, really, other than when I Googled him after I watched this. I think the the last time I – the next time I saw him or the only time I've ever seen him in my life was he was in that movie Stuck on You, the Farrelly Brothers movie about the conjoined twins. Who was he? Matt Damon. I think it was – he was a director in the movie. He's directing this show that um, Greg Kinnear's character – gets a part on that uh honey and the bees, honey and the bees. <laughs> and Gri- griffin dunn that's a fucking hilarious movie it's one of, that's honestly secretly like in my top 20 of all time you know i actually watched the, that movie i watched the last 20 minutes of that two days ago did you really yeah. that's so crazy um i've seen it so many times i own it i've seen every time it's on tv if i'm flipping through i watch it just so much the, the Farrelly brothers when they're good they're really good and I think Greg Kinnear is a really good comedic actor he just yeah. doesn't get enough opportunity and so is Matt Damon he's good he's good at be, playing the the straight man and Kinnear was really just fucking hilarious I thought in that movie but poor we're poor, going off on a tangent here poor Jeff and Johnny all we wanted was a brother growing up yeah well they were stuck with one <laughs> The two of those guys. That's why we're, ta- um, we're so taken with that movie. We are. We apparently so. We, it's like you and I were. Uh, we're conjoined now. Yes. This this podcast has conjoined us. Ava Mendez stuck with each other. Ava Mendez helps too. Oh yeah, yeah. She was. That was probably one of the first times I remember seeing her in anything. Uh, yeah, I'm sure it absolutely was. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, but anyway, so Griffin Dunn played the director of Honey and the Bees, which okay. was the fake show that Greg Kinnear's character was in, right? And he's in it for like two seconds, and Cher, t- Cher tells him to fuck off or something like that, and that's it. Griffin Dunn's in it for like a minute. 
So otherwise, he was in After Hours. Um, and honestly, he was probably one of the better parts of the movie, I, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, After Hours is a film about this guy who, in a nutshell, he meets this this woman at a cafe um, or a coffee shop or whatever, and uh, they exchange numbers, and he believes that he's going to bang her. So he gives her a call that night with the, under the guise of she lives with this this uh, sculpt, sculptor or artist or whatever, and he wants to purchase one of this woman's uh, paper holders or paper mag. What, what the fuck is it called? Pa- paperweight. Yeah, paperweight. This paperweight, you know, that, that she makes. And so he, he calls up Rosanna Arquette, um, which is the – she she's the hot girl that he meets in the beginning. And he hold winds on, hold up on, hold on. going over – So fucking hot. Oh, yeah. She was so really smoking hot. fucking hot. hot. And – you know, this movie could have been so much different or better if there was a reason, if she gave him a task to do that sent him down this road. But I know. Continue. I know. It was, yeah. So, so he basically he starts off at just trying to go to, to meet with her, which he does. And on the way there, he, this $20 flies out of the taxi. And it was his only twenty dollars that he had on him. What the fuck? I'm this not, guy's j- walking around with just a twenty on him. Can I interrupt for a second? Yeah. I hated this movie. And yeah, I know. And I don't want you to recap it because it doesn't deserve a fucking recap. I don't care what happened. I'm trying to just explain uh, it in five seconds. It's really difficult. It. Let's just say it's a series of mishaps yeah. for this guy in New York City in one night. I, right? When, and he's trying to get home. So one of the reasons we're, we're watching Scorsese is because of that podcast that you had sent me with those guys doing deep dives into Scorsese. So yes, I listened to them. This is these assholes. These assholes. This is their favorite Scorsese movie. Number one. Number two, they li- they watch lie. all the like YouTube behind the scenes and making ups. I watched. I started watching these things as well. I watched the making of this. And there's Griffin Dunn. There's the producer. There's someone else. They're talking about this movie on the behind the scenes as if they made Apocalypse Now. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. <laughs> I I I was blown away. Now, I gave this a C minus, and I'll tell you why. There are so many great shots that Scorsese made. And then even in the making of, you saw some of his, you know, he plot he draws every he storyboards everything. There were so many cool things that, the, you know, the shot with the keys, just just him running different angles. There was so much good Scorsese stuff happening from a director's aspect that I gave it a C minus. But I hated this fucking movie. I hated the whole situation. It was insane. It was so fucking contrived and bullshit. The Hangover, the Hangover is silly. I love the fucking Hangover. I watch it every time yeah. it's on. I, half, I would I would say at least. Thirty-five percent of the Hangover is plausible, and I, oh yeah, sure. It, I mean, a large part of it is just complete nonsense. After Hours, one percent was plausible. <laughs> okay, the twenty flying out the window, maybe. I, 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 oh, and then and then he so he the twenty flies out because oh this is one part I hate it where Marty sped up the taxi driving around like the speed of the film. So. Oh, I know. That was so awful. And and they showed the taxis just like 
it's like it's zooming through through Manhattan at like 110 miles an hour that, in and out of traffic. That was so fucking horrible. I was like, what the fuck is this? And so the 20 flies out of the cab because the taxi driver is such an asshole. So then you fast forward to <laughs> this guy finds another 20, somehow sees the same taxi driver in New York. He held in, yeah. holds the, the only, 20. The only guy working that night. In through the window to the cab driver. He's like, hey, I got my money now. The cabbie then takes it and speeds off. Oh, I wanted to fucking kill so It was so stupid. Right. So let's talk a little bit more about that. So – so yes, those two parts were extremely irritating. I don't like that. What do they call that? The um, damn it, it's like Deus Ex Machina or something. It's uh, just yeah, some yeah. way to contrive the plot to move it forward. So in this case, it was for some reason he gets into a cab and takes his twenty out of his pocket and puts it into a, an ashtray. <laughs> for some why I don't know. Like you still got to put like. Just leave it in your pocket, and then when you get when you get to the stop, you take it out of your pocket, you hand it to the cabbie, and he's going to give you your change. You don't need to take it out preemptively. No. It, it, okay, so that's number one. Number two, like you said, the same $20 later in the film, he has 20 to give the cab. He, why are you poking it into, like, a window? <laughs> why can't you, like, make sure that you're in the cab or something like that? It, you know, Is why it- wouldn't you think that this guy hated you? When you stiffed him earlier in the night, the same cab driver. Yeah, he's not going to listen to your your sob story. And you really in New York, you don't know by now to not show money when you're walking around. Do you, are you asking to right. get murdered? I thought he was a seasoned New Yorker. This guy, like it seemed like he lived in the city. knew He knew his way around it. Apparently not. Now here's something else I hated. Another one of these Deus Ex Machina, whatever. The the the, the bar. Oh. So he. He he needs to get into the bar oh. because like this this bartender is gonna give him twenty dollars or something out of the register so he can get home. The bar is closed. Every time he needs to go back to the bar, the bar is closed for like a half hour. What what bar closes like like the fucking DMV closes at lunchtime? This bar closes at like eleven o'clock at night, midnight. It closes for a half hour. Be back in yeah. a half hour. Why is this bar even open? There is no one in this neighborhood. <laughs> There's nobody. Why? Why would you come back and open it? Just close for the night. There's no one in this neighborhood. There's no one at this bar. It's opening and closing just, just for, the, just to drive this stupid plot along. I'm so mad. I'm so mad right now because when I, when I, when I interrupted you about Rosanna Arquette, I just made this movie better. Rosanna Arquette is so fucking hot. She can tell him, listen, Griffin Dunn, I need you to go pick up something. At least that. Like say, hey, you know, send him on some other adventure that way. This was so such bullshit, the whole thing. And then when you factor in that those those podcast guys said this was their favorite Scorsese that's movie. That's complete. That's complete film student art house bullshit. And that's them trying to sound impressive. And I, they're hoping Quentin listened to that episode. Yeah, you're right. And I and I. And I I appreciate more than anybody what Scorsese did directing wise in this movie, shot wise. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm all yeah, I'm, th- I'm all for it. From a film student perspective, I agree with you. From just the average moviegoer perspective, they're not going to appreciate all that camera work, or they're not no. going to realize that they're appreciating it. They're just going to be bored to tears by a movie that just had zero jokes. It had attempts at physical comedy or slapstick comedy, I guess, if you will. 
um, inter- interspersed with like weirdness. Like the Rosanna Arquette character commits suicide <laughs> for some unknown reason. I was and like, I was expecting that him. was so strange. And then t- typically in a in a in a in a in a dumb movie, he would be getting framed for murder. But that was just like, oh yeah, she she just died. It was a side it was plot. Yeah, <laughs> it just, it just not moved. even. It wasn't even a side plot. It was like a, something that happened. They just moved on. That's it. For for some reason, yeah. uh, Terry Gar and uh, what's her name, Catherine, whatever her name is, Catherine O'Hara. Yeah, for some reason, they're so taken with uh, Griffin Dunn as if he's Brad Pitt, you know, walking around, that they're dropping everything to try to bang this guy and then kill him or something. I, I, this, uh, it was... Right. It was that they thought that he was the burglar, right? <laughs> there, there were these two thieves running around. This is th- – th- the more that we go through this plot, the more irritated I get I at this writer, whatever asshole wrote this. Um, they're, they're running around chasing him because he was framed as the burglar, and I think it was Terry Garr's character who decided to frame him because he rejected her yeah. several times because she was the most annoying person on earth. Um, in this movie, and he rejected her, and then she decides to frame him as the thief, and so all these weirdos are chasing him. Uh, uh, how is this a funny movie? How? Oh my god! How about back to the bar? The bar closes, opens. He sees it opens. He goes back, and then before he gets the key he needs back from the bartender, the bartender oh, this key. the bartender yeah. takes a phone call where some his girlfriend died. Oh, that was Rosanna. Right. I mean, oh. and then he said he's then he. That he can't ask for his key back. Oh my god, it was all so stupid. Uh, right, it was all these things that, like in real life, you'd be like, "Look, give me the fucking key. I don't care if your girlfriend yeah. died." <laughs> you know, and yeah, it's like he can't get the money out of the register because for some reason he doesn't have the register key, so he can't oh give god. Griffin Dunn the money. It was just so frustrating. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm all for obstacles. Like that's what a movie is all about: is an obstacle, but contrived obstacles like that. That's just a waste of everyone's time. It's fucking storytelling 101. Listen, you know, no one wants to watch Jeff from Garden State of Mind driving the speed limit on a highway. That's not a a fucking movie. You want to watch the movie where I'm going 80 and I get pulled over and then I get thrown in jail. You know, I understood. (laughs) Right. But this this was just, uh, you know, I'm glad he took this little break, whatever he needed. I mean, this was actually after The King of Comedy. Um, you know, the only, like I said, some interesting shots, uh, interesting to me that I never knew Clarence Clemens was in a Scorsese movie in New York, New York. And I never would have guessed, you, you know, you could have given me, you, someone could have made so much money on me. Someone would have said to me, you know, Cheech and Chong are in a Scorsese movie. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. There's no, get the, I, I would have known that, but I was wrong. <laughs> Cheech and Chong are in a Scorsese movie. <laughs> now this movie gets like. I forget what the Rotten Tomatoes score is, but I think it's high. I, I thought it was in the 80s or even low 90s. Let's see. Yeah, double check on that. Um, it cost $4.5 Con- They actually made $10.6 on this one. Consider an, under, like an underrated Scorsese film and cult classic. Eight, yeah, it's not a cult classic for me. 88% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. 88%. Oh, my God. 88% of people... Here's my 88%. 88% of people who like this movie are fucking idiots. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Yeah, that's... So... Enough said. It was... Yeah, I mean... 
I wanted to see it. I know it's an supposedly iconic or cult classic Scorsese movie. Uh, that's why I've always heard about it. I was so disappointed uh, because I was expecting something that was yeah. going to be kind of like unique and, and definitely indie. And it was like anything but that. Yeah, I was I was it, I was like disappointed in myself. I'm like, oh, how did I miss this one? It was like you know, eighty whatever whatever year it was. I'm like, you should have you should have seen this. But yeah, uh, eighty five. Did they no. compare this? Uh, did they compare this to two hundred cigarettes? So when you listen to the Scorsese pod, um, did they compare? You know how they always try to, yeah. to throw like a I don't a pair, the, pair it with this. I, I'm almost positive they compared it to two hundred cigarettes. I will say that was a really good pairing because it's that movie has a very similar feel and actually is a little bit funnier than, than this fucking movie. You know, by the, um, by the way, those guys, so they did the first, they did two, two long ass podcasts and they made it up to casino. Um, so, so they're doing pairings and they're doing, they're watching the behind the scenes. So you and I can watch the behind the scenes from Kundun to present day. And, you know, we can do this podcast. I can't, I can't, you know, pair it with an old movie. You know, you, you need them for this. But these guys, fuck these guys. They got us, you know, like they started me on this road. I appreciate that. And they have good, some good insights. But when they said they looked at yeah. hours, like now people need to listen to us talk about Scorsese, at least from, we'll, we'll start a casino, you know, to present well, day. And it's like they breezed through Goodfellas and Casino. Yeah, I know. It, it, in my eyes, like I'm sorry, those two alone should have had their own episode. Of course. Like you should have taken two hours go through goodfellas for an hour go through casino for another hour and you're done it was like 10 12 minutes for them at, at most yeah I... I mean right yeah 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 so uh, we we need to beat them to the punch on the one they're going to put out the next episode um you know they're probably still watching you know fucking Black and white films, or you know, who knows what they're watching. To pair with, well, they're probably watching a fifth documentary about the making of After Hours. <laughs> oh my god! So, so we didn't, we didn't love this movie. No. That's that's fine. I will watch um, it. No, I will watch it again someday, just to make sure I'm not 100 percent wrong. But I'll give it one more chance at some point. All right, I'll do the same. That's fine. Um, I'll give it another chance. Uh, let's talk about a movie that I enjoyed much more than I did what was After your, Hours. What was, your, although, what was your After Hours grade? After Hours I gave – oh, what was it? Oh, D+. Plus. Yeah, I, 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 I wanted to give it a D, and I like the D plus grade because I gave it a C-. minus. Like, I, uh, we're right there. Like I had to – I just had to give some props for direction, but I hated the story so much, but it, it pained me. I couldn't. I couldn't go through with a D, but I probably should have. Um, but no, but we're right there. Nothing could have saved that movie. No. You could have thrown a Sinatra soundtrack on there with cameos by Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio, and this movie still gets a D plus if I it's got that same fucking script. Yeah, I don't want anyone to get get it twisted. New York, New York is a solid C for me, and although this is only one half grade, you know, I might have to change it to a D plus just so I'm not. I don't want anyone to be confused. This movie, this movie's fucking <laughs> yeah, it's, horrible. I'm gonna make it a D plus. It's so <laughs> bad. I mean, it, I'm trying it, to give it, it credit, really, and I'm trying to, you know, yeah. what if we're what if we're the idiots that are missing the boat on this? But I don't think we are. But I don't think we are. Um, 
But I don't know. Maybe I, a lot of people love it. Yeah, I, ch- I, I think it was horrible. There was no comedic value to it whatsoever. All right, move on. And move. it was so contrived. Yeah, we, moving on. We can't. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> we, we've wasted a lot of time on that one. Um, all right. So King of Comedy. So like you said, this actually came out earlier. Uh, I think it was released in eighty three. Eighty two. Nineteen eighty three. Eighty two. The story of Rupert Pupkin. Um, who's just a lunatic stand-up comedian or wannabe stand-up comedian who becomes obsessed with a late-night talk show host, you know, a la Johnny Carson, I guess back then would have been the, the mm-hmm. comparison. Carson, um, Carson, played by, Carson was offered the role, by the way. He turned it down, right? He was, like, afraid of somebody actually becoming deranged and, yeah. and stalking him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um which has happened to some of them. David Letterman had his stalker. Yeah. Um, uh, I feel like Leno did too. But um, so yeah, so so De Niro plays Rupert Pupkin. Jerry Lewis plays this late night talk show host, Jerry Langford. And uh, the movie is mostly about De Niro's character, Rupert Pupkin, trying to bust in. He Listen, believes that. Hold on, I'm sorry. I'm I'm, I'm going to interrupt you for the seventh time this podcast. Um, nah, don't worry about it. Don't. Don't give away all the plot points like you did for all the other movies. No, I won't. This movie people should see. It's good. Yes, I won't. I'm not going to walk through it. Um, it's mostly about De Niro's character trying to break in to, to get his shot at fame. And he feels this connection with this Jerry Langford character. And let's just say they get involved with one another and some stuff happens. Um, <laughs> but it's, you know, that that's it. I can't get... Uh, uh, there's a couple words I could use, and it's going to give everything away. So, yeah. it it's a good story. Um, it's a very very dark comedy, I would say. It's it's so interesting, you know. If this is kind of everyone's first kind of thinking about celebrity culture and obsessed fans, I guess this is this guy. This is like a year after what well, Reagan got shot, or. Yeah, it's it, but they they as they mentioned this. It's not the first time it was done. Play Misty for me was like the late '60s, and that was a Clint Eastwood movie about an obsessed fan who stalks a radio, radio DJ. But I'm just same sort of thing. I'm looking at it through the lens of today of the celebrity culture that regular people all want to be celebrities. And we'll, yeah. you know, stop at nothing and, and you know, when mm-hmm. it's so bad. YouTubers and whatnot. Sure. And you see, you know, the Jerry Langford guy, you know, walking around, even walking around the city. And there was that, that great ad lib line from that woman, I think, where she wants a picture with him or an autograph. And then, uh, you know, I don't know if I want to, we should give that away either. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, uh, I do. I wouldn't give it away. Yeah, that's a great line. Uh, but, you know, I, I thought that was interesting because, yeah, I think everyone now is obsessed with some, with their 15 minutes. Yes. Yeah, and, and it's a shame for Rupert Pupkin's character. If he had had access to a YouTube, I think that's all that he would have been doing. He wouldn't have even needed to do what he does in order to try and get famous. You figure if this guy could have plugged into YouTube. Yeah. It, it's, um, it's, yeah, it's he would have been good to go. It's quaint from that aspect where, yeah, you wouldn't have yeah. to go through these hoops. Uh, no. Now, the sequence is, you know, number one, let's talk about De Niro for a second. So De Niro plays this Rupert Pupkin character, which 
it's a very odd character. It's it's a huge departure from anything else you've ever seen him do, at least up until that point. Um, you know, not a streetwise kind of guy. It was more like a – I don't even know what you would consider him to be. He's like a dork or he just had a weird way of talking, super friendly and super strange – um, on the spectrum. How would you describe the pup? Yeah, on the spectrum for sure. Um, and But funny. You know, his mannerisms were funny. The things that he said, his pushiness, um, all the times that he tried to get to talk to Jerry Lankford, to go to the studios, to try and get some time with him because he wants to – what was he trying to pass on his tape of his comedy mm-hmm. or something like that? Um a fucking cassette tape no less i think is what it was uh he was great i thought de niro was amazing and i don't know that that many people could have pulled that part off um other than bobby d you know he for me he made the movie i thought sandra bernhard was really good she creeped creeped me out to be honest with you Mm -hmm. um and i think that she was that her name what was her character's name masha or masha yeah she she was uh she was scary that's someone who i could see being that's what those people are like these stalkers uh just so obsessed and delusional and she was just in her own world i yeah um de niro real quick i can't remember the time frame of the past three weeks meaning all i've been doing is kind of watching scorsese and i think i think last pod when i was railing against meryl streep I think I had just oh, that's unjustified by the way. Well, what I mean is I think I had just seen this and I I can't stand the fact that he did not get nominated for this role and why it I'm guessing it's misunderstood or just forgotten when when I was I think we talked about this. I know I texted it to you. The way uh, De Niro, young De Niro, 70s De Niro, especially, he had such a the way he walked was such a it's such an interesting walk it's like it would, it'd be like for me it's like it's robert de niro and sherman hemsley are like the guys with signature walking styles where you know <laughs> yeah sherman hemsley yes like, they both walk that yeah, same way that like, it's like you know de niro's got like it's like a little like kind of bow-legged but it's like you know it's like it's 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 a good pace it's like strong it's like i don't know for whatever reason i just notice him walking like again he's an electric actor jumping on the stage, realize how much how he uses every part of himself to to play a role, and and what I noticed so much about this is that he walked differently. He he didn't, and it wasn't like he was like hunched over. It was just he wasn't walking like himself. He was walking like this guy would be walking. I I I I, I couldn't stop. I was just like obsessed with it obsessed with how he was walking in this movie and it was such a great acting choice and it was just such a great performance and that's why to throw to do the nomination i get it, you know that's why meryl streep gets 18 nominations throw de niro a couple more this is another nomination he should have had i i can't say enough about his performance i just can't Oh yeah, he was the standout in this in this movie. Um, I thought Jerry Lewis was really good too. Very oh, understated. Me too. Yeah. Um, I I didn't I don't know all that much about Jerry Lewis other than him and Dean Martin and 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 their comedy from back in the day. You know the whole Rat Pack thing. But I hate um, I hate that 
I hate that nutty professor that with all that bullshit that Jerry's famous for. And yeah, and mostly we know him as like a dickhead. And so I thought it was really interesting. To, I thought he was really great in this movie. I thought, yeah. Yeah, I don't think Howard Stern was a big Jerry Lewis fan. No. From from what I remember back in the early days of when I was listening to Stern, he did nothing but rip Jerry Lewis over and over again. I I, I don't know why. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, the, Jerry Lewis was was fantastic. It was really understated. I mm-hmm. thought he played the character well. Um, and but De Niro, that I think some of the stuff that I loved about it was. I, the comedy that they were going for in After Hours, um, say three years later, I guess, that that missed, really, I thought it hit here. And I guess it was better writing and just better timing. And, and certainly you had De Niro and these other characters, these other actors versus whoever the fuck was in After Hours. There was a lot of shitty performances. But even just the plays on his name, I mean, his last name was Pupkin. <laughs> He keeps he keeps going to this office, to Jerry Lankford's office, and they're calling him Mr. Puffin, Mr. Pumpkin. <laughs> like to me, for some reason, man, those are really simple jokes, but they got me every time because it was just that that disrespect that he was getting. He was so forgettable. Um, yes. I got it, and they kept hitting that joke. You know, they hit it home every time, and I laughed every time they mispronounced his name. I thought it was funny. And yeah, and, and he he yeah, it's uh, and he said his name like numerous times like oh know, god yeah more than an oral they should have known it and it's, yeah and it's <laughs> like you know at a certain point you almost expected him to mess up his name but he never did i mean when the woman says mr pumpkin <laughs> i just fucking lost it man um really funny movie uh, I it's a shame like maybe we'll come back on another episode i'd love to talk about the ending i don't want to do that obviously because yeah. we want people to watch it but I do have some questions about the ending, and and well, we could talk about it offline. All right, It'd be cool to talk about it on the pod. Listen, let's. Why don't we just say, first of all, we want everyone to watch all you stadies out there. We want you to watch this movie, okay? Please watch it. Stadies. Let's, let's talk about it right now, then, and just have a spoiler alert. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I guess we could do that. I mean, so we're um, not really. We're not. Once football season starts, we can't get, come back to this. No, I guess you're right about that. So, so the end of the movie is that. Um, actually, let's say this: uh, he kid he winds up. The plan is that he kidnaps Jerry Langford, him and him and Sandra Bernhard, and they hold him for ransom. And the ransom is that uh, Rupert gets to be this is the dumbest plan on earth. Yeah. But Rupert Rupert gets to be had to get like a five minute spot or whatever ten minute spot on Jerry's show to do his comedy. Um, and at the end of it all, he gets it. You know, they go through with it. Jerry Langford escapes. He gets back and Rupert is arrested. He serves his time and he becomes famous at the end of the movie. And he writes a book and he's a, suddenly a, this big performer and uh, he's loved, you know, worldwide or whatever. And it, the movie ends with him basically, you know, being announced and in front of this huge crowd that's just applauding mm-hmm. him. And that's it. You fade to black, whatever. I think there was some really cool music in this movie. Uh, I'm almost positive it was Robbie Robertson did the soundtrack. But um, I, what's your take? Is that was that real? The ending was it? Was it fantasy? Was it him just daydreaming? I uh, a couple things. Um, I don't. I don't really laugh out loud. At, typically, 
at, at comedians or, you know, not many things except the practical jokers. Right. So like I actually watched the Chappelle special, his new Netflix special yesterday, and I was laughing out loud at, at certain points. Oh, Chappelle's just top notch. Yeah. So when when Rupert did his his, you know, his uh, his set, I actually did laugh at. Yeah, a couple of the real jokes, and the funny thing is, he was funnier than he should be. Yeah, and 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 the making of they even said that or that they they wanted to be a set, but not perfect. So the jokes they were purposely not great jokes, right? But like I said, I did laugh at some of them. Here's my point: I take that at face value. I believe that the ending is true. Now, I also think, huh. I also think that Travis Bickle is the ending is true, and then he lives. And that I don't I don't think that's a dream sequence with um, Sybil Shepherd in the end in the cab. I think that's real. Hmm. I think that that was fantasy. Do you? Um. I do. I think that the pumpkin ending was real, and I think it's just supposed to be satirical of society, and that we would turn around and embrace this psychopath. Yeah who held someone for ransom um, I, because it was sensational and we're, we're all idiots is what Scorsese was saying. Oh, sure. And I, <laughs> or the writer. And I think also what I was kind of getting at is he was just funny enough where everyone's like, hey, he, fuck it, he's funny, so we don't care what he did. Yeah. Or he's telling us he's a comedian, so he's a comedian. Yeah. Um, and just because he has a spot on this show, he must be somebody good. Um, the whole thing, it, it was it definitely, I mean, obviously the movie is just one big satire and commentary on, you know, pop culture, like you said, and, and, uh, the, the fanaticism that, that comes along with it. So I, I gave this movie an A minus for me. This was not an A. Um, I don't know that I could, it's like, I can't put it on that same level as the, the Goodfellas and, and Casino, but it deserves that A label. I just got to give it a little minus. It wasn't 100% where it needed to be. There were some some holes, I think, in that story and things that just didn't make sense. Like the plan was just ridiculous. Yeah, I gave it a B plus. Um, okay. I think for the same reasons. I'm not – I wasn't I wasn't 100% enamored with, enamored with everything. I can't remember right now exactly what bothered me, I guess you could say. But, yeah, it's not – for whatever reason, it's not just. Well, well the story's absurd. The, the story itself is absurd. It was, you were watching it for the moments. The, the, all the moments where De Niro is this character, when he takes his girlfriend, or this woman that he's trying to make his girlfriend, he takes her to Jerry Langford's house and talks his way in the door. Um, you know, when he's doing his stand up, when he's got the fake audience in his fucking mother's basement, like those are just moments when you put it all together as a story. The story was crazy. Catherine Scorsese. It was so way. bizarre. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Martin Scorsese's mother plays his mother in the movie. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. It was, it was just, no, I gave it a minus. You gave it a B plus, but it was a good movie. It didn't didn't fare out well at the box office no, stuff. It's a, a, I think, and this was the depression that another. Well, now the depression was pre Raging Bull, but then yeah, he was about this one too, and then he was trying to get Temptation made, and then 
went to After Hours. Um, are you? So have you seen everything for these first movies except Boxcar Bertha? Yes. Yeah, I didn't see Boxcar Bertha, so I have to so, go back and watch that. I guess. So you've seen everything up to Cape Fear, and then Age of Innocence is after that. Um, yeah. And then I think I still have to watch Hugo. You do too. But uh, yeah, I, think, I gotta watch Kundun, I guess. Oh, oh God. Um. Yeah. You. Hey. God. Did Did you know that the woman that I'm sorry to interrupt you this. I, I didn't want to forget this. The the woman that played Rita, so I guess it's that that bartender that he's trying to date, Rupert's trying to date. You know that's De Niro's that was De Niro's wife. Yeah, yeah, she was in New York, New York too, and she was in she was in yeah. she was in a lot of the, these movies around this time. Yeah, she was in a bunch of things. She looked a little bit familiar, but I didn't realize that was his wife until I was just like reading shit about the movie. Um so, yeah, kind of cool, but so yeah, so I'm making my way through the Scorsese. I'm a little bit behind you. Uh, you're almost done. I still have a couple more to watch, but I'm getting there. Yeah, it's I, God. I've enjoyed the shit out of this. I guess we can end. Yeah, it's great. Oh, we can. Oh, we'll end the spoilers after this. So that woman, <laughs> the, the, when the woman sees Jerry on the street, and she's so nice to him, and then when when he won't go the extra mile and talk to her son, she, you should get cancer. Oh, I know, right? And that is definitely that's just a perfect commentary on fans. Yeah, that's that's, that's it's like they they love you until they hate you. It, it looks like I don't I don't have the sound on, but Sports Center highlights of Sean Rodriguez. I guess he came up to bat and he was getting booed, and then he got hit by a pitch, and then he got applauded. That's what I could gather. Oh God, poor baby. <laughs> now we're wishing ill on him. No, I'm just I'm just I'm just reporting what happened. Yeah, of course. No, I I mean we Philly, oh. we Philly are wishing ill on him. We're cheering that he got hit by a pitch. Yeah. Well. So I so yeah I think uh, good stuff here. Yeah, oh, we got we know, got a face for yeah. We, I want to beat those guys to the newer movies. We will. It's this is part two of our Scorsese sessions. Um, we'll be back again with another two episodes or th- or three movies rather. Um, three or four movies. I guess we're going to have to start squashing a few more in there. Yeah. We got sidetracked for an hour with lots of talk about you and Hayden and your struggling uh, you know, father-son relationship and then <laughs> suspended license. And we talked about the Phillies and Andrew Luck, and we were just all over the place today. Hey, that's what the, but, that's what the Stadies are looking for. That was great. I loved it. Loved every minute of it, um, but we didn't get started on Scorsese till like an hour in. So we'll come back and do more films. Uh, so do we, which ones are we going to talk about next? I guess we're going to do Age of Innocence. Um, what do we have to talk about, Kundun? <laughs> yeah, we do. Uh, so next, okay. Next is uh, I don't know if we need to talk about Color Money, uh, Last Temptation of Christ. Yes, last. If we're going in order. Color Money is next. Last Temptation of Christ, Goodfellas, Cape Fear, Age of Innocence. So. Obviously, we want to talk about Last Temptation, Age of Innocence, um, maybe Cape Fear. I guess I don't know. I feel like we, yeah, Cape Fear always, and Color of Money. Yeah. I think we can knock out four of them in like a two-hour time frame. Yeah, yeah. And Age of, I mean, our episodes are at least fucking two hours a, a pop now, at a minimum. The Stadies love this content. Love it. This is like a fucking Tarantino movie. Every time we, you know, we start recording. 
again, I don't know how many it's, times yeah, we two hour to, minimum. tell people, listen at one and a half speed. I mean, I don't know why you want to be, but... Yeah, yeah, speed it up for yourself. Otherwise, well, hey, this is good for a commute. If you're someone that's got a, a, a long commute to work and home, you know, you flip it on in the morning, pause it when you get to work, and then when, when, you, when you start your ride home, you listen to Jeff and John uh, as you go home to your family or uh, or not your family. You know, some people go home to their, their empty apartment <laughs> is what it is. Yeah. And they're hoagies. That's my... That's my outlook on life. Well, yeah, if they're a real Philadelphian, they're grabbing a hoagie on the way. No doubt. Don't leave your um, don't leave your lunch pail in the car. Make sure you bring it in every night no. so it doesn't, you know, have rotting food in there. I don't think I've heard lunch pail besides you saying it four times a night <laughs> since like my grandmother was alive. Well, listen. Good God. You head down the shore, you're throwing your swim trunks, get grab your lunch pail, and uh, put your dungarees on at night, and it's a perfect yeah. day. A lunch pail. You're like fucking Spanky McFarlane from the Little Rascals. The the way you talk, it's, it's 30s banter. Was that his last name? I think so. Really? Spanky McFarlane? Yeah, I'm almost positive. <laughs> How would you That's know? That? Old reference. Nobody's gonna know that. I'll cut that shit out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All uh, right. No long goodbyes. Let's just let's just end it. <laughs> we we do like to draw it out on this show. All right. Well, uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Jeff, as always, I will allow you to send us off. Johnny Case, please do me a favor. Just put a smile on your face. It's a God of the state of mind. Two guys from Jersey with attitude all the time. Football kids and movies about crime. It's a God in the state of mind.